Oh yeah. So that was an improv the conversation. Yeah. So um, what's the name of this podcast again? Mr. Haircut. Mr. Haircut. And uh, yeah. So actually, I have an intro and everything. And then we'll come in saying stuff like, hey, welcome to Mr. Haircut. Um, yeah, uh, welcome to Mr. Haircut. He's thrilled to have <laughs> you inside him for the next yeah. half hour. <laughs> Enjoy being in Mr. Haircut. So uh, welcome to Mr. Haircut. Um, I'm John Ray, and here with me is my trusty friend and speedy drummer, Jonathan Green. Thanks. Um, I was happy to be here, and I hope I'm not too speedy when I don't need to be speedy. Well, you're speedy all the time. Oh, great. Sometimes you get to the rests faster than everybody I, I else. get through the rests faster. You get, well, you don't get through the rests faster. You get through the rest at the right time. You just put more rests in the rest than anybody I know. Well... Oh, well, thank you. I think that's supposed to be a compliment. I am the, I am not the daylight savings time of rests in music. I would say that you are the daylight savings time of rests. Everybody hates daylight savings time. <laughs> Let's say you're the regular time of rests. I am the central standard time of rests. Okay, that makes no awesome. sense. But <laughs> So anyway, we play in a band together. Uh, here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, called Hi-Fi Wi-Fi. Uh, you can find a link to that on our homepage, mrhaircut.org. Um, and what this podcast is about is about improvised music. So we're going to, through this podcast, we're going to show what improv means to us and find out what improv means to other people and how it can be used and how it should be used and maybe what it can do in the world, What what's good about improvised music. And you're going to see how much I suck. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going to blow people's minds with your rests. Well, I... I'm an adult. Adults don't get rests. Uh, so why don't we play some music? Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. 
Right on. That was an improvisation entitled Car Chase, or at least that's the vibe we were going for. Um, all right, so uh, for those of you who don't know much about improvisation, um, a little history is that it's, it was probably the first form of music, mm-hmm. uh, almost definitely the first form of music. Um, people banging sticks together in rocks was was improvised, and it came about most likely as an expression of emotion. So you're pissed off, you throw a rock at something, and you're like, yeah, uh, and you throw another rock, and then you start banging rocks together, and then you got a drum set, mm. and, then, and then you got John Green. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm the result of someone getting pissed off and banging rocks together. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so since then, improvisation has taken many, many forms. Um, some notable improvisers, though, uh, in Western music um, are Bach, Beethoven, and Mozart, all of whom were known as incredible improvisers. Um, That's interesting because I think there's this um, this separation between jazz musicians and classical musicians, and I think, and it's I've heard a lot where jazz guys will talk about classical guys like that. They're like they're incredible, but they can't improvise. Right, right. So, um, and I feel like that's pretty common. Um, with classical musicians, and I went to classical, you know, I went to school for classical sure. bass, um, and I was one of the few people who could improvise. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were some jazz players there, but really they were there to learn the technique of the instrument sure. rather than classical music. Um, but that was me. I didn't have any desire to be an orchestral bass player. Right. Um, but Im- improvised music is something that you have to learn by doing it. Um, it's like a language. It, it is a language. Um, it's a way of communicating with each other. No, we talked about this earlier, and <laughs> I wanted to clarify a little bit of what we mean by language because yeah. everybody says, oh, music is like a language, or music is a language, and they always use this flowery, expressive words to sort of describe music, and that confused the crap out of me as a kid because there is no musical note that means cat or, right. or car chase, actually. Right. Exactly. Um, so when you say music is like a language, what do you mean? So so I'll go into that. I actually wrote a long blog about that. It's okay. on my website. So you can check that out, too. Um, that's www.johndanielray.com. Thank you for listening. Um, Shameless plugging. <laughs> um, so music is an emotional form of communication, uh, and you can't use it, it. You know, the best musician in the world can't order a cheeseburger using music as a language. Sure. Um, however, music is much better at communicating other things, like uh, what? deeper things like emotion, like, um, car chase. What we were trying to do in that first little jam was the anxiety, the intensity, the energy of that. Sure. And it might take you, you know, three written pages right. using English mm-hmm. to describe that car chase and to, to give the same kind of feel. Sure. Um, and we can do it with music instantly. I mean... John stopped. You look like you, you disagree. <laughs> John stopped because you saw my face curl up. Um, so I hear that, and I feel like I could have proposed to my fiance with a a C sus chord, if that's the case. I I understand what you're saying. Now, yeah. um, like it is a great um, portrayer of emotion, but I only think that works while in. If you don't give context to it, then I don't think it works. Like uh, like musical scores, for instance. Um, Music, like scores, like music, movies, excuse me, 
without music suck. Um, you mm-hmm. know, music is such an integral part of, of movies that they spend so much time just getting the right thing. Yeah. Right? They spend so much money on just the music because it's so important for portraying the emotion and making the the audience suspense. Um, you're controlled emotionally through the music in the movie more so than what you're actually looking at. Yeah. Right? Right. But I don't think that if we handed, let's say we recorded Car Chase and without telling the audience let's say we poll 50 people have them listen to the 30 minute 30 seconds or whatever of our thing say what does this remind you of we might get 50 different answers right that's more my point that's why my face curled up okay i see what you're saying um so music is just a different form of communication it's not for concrete ideas okay um and what i was more talking about is the feeling of that car chase just communicating the anxiety sure so if we were in that car chase, I was actually visualizing kind of watching it, like mm-hmm. like in a, watching an action movie. Um, and Jason Bourne was like, you know, through these little European streets. Right. Um, that was kind of my vision behind it. And what I feel like I communicated or was attempting to communicate was that feeling. Mm-hmm. So the feeling within me right. of watching that car chase. Okay. I think I understand now. So you cannot, you can't. You can't you can't order a cheeseburger with with music means that you can't associate music with like nouns as they exist in like as physical things. Right. I'm totally stating that. All right. Um, What you can communicate better. uh, So everybody, everyone has different ideas for what English words mean. So like when you when I say the word cheeseburger, you have a subconscious image that pops into your head of a cheeseburger. Sure. And that image is different than the one that's in my head. Sure. Um, <clears throat> with cheeseburgers, it doesn't really matter that much. But say... But why doesn't it matter that much? Um, because it's a pretty concrete thing. Right. It's So so to some extent, yeah. it means something different. But we've all agreed upon what a cheeseburger is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a thing that you see every day, so it's commonplace. Um, so everybody's cheeseburger pictures in their mind pretty much line up right. to the point where you can say to anybody who speaks English, can I have a cheeseburger? And they sure. know what you mean. But Except if you go to uh, McDonald's. <laughs> right. Except except McDonald's. Um, they don't know what you mean by cheeseburger. Well, that was the excuse for it. And this <laughs> broadcast is not presented by McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> if it was, that'd be cooler, though. <laughs> Just talk shit about McDonald's the whole <laughs> I love time. The chicken nuggets, man. <laughs> I'll I'll say it right now. Let's not even get into chicken. Uh, <laughs> nah. Um, <clears throat> I was use like quotes. Yeah, I said yeah. chicken nuggets. That's on video. You have to watch the video blog to oh, get the, the air oh, quotes. Okay. Um, so while we're talking about McDonald's, let's just go ahead and dive into this. Say we take a noun like God. Okay. Which is something that means everybody's picture of God in their head is is different. Sure. I would say that pretty much everybody has a completely different picture. Yeah. And with such varied pictures as like a force like gravity mm-hmm. um, and an old white man sitting in the clouds. Sure. Like those are two completely different things. And to use that word, say I use the word in a conversation with somebody I don't know, who mm-hmm. I don't have any context with. If I use that word, it might mean something totally different to them. Sure. Um However, I feel like I could communicate my view of God better with music. Um, 
so if I could improvise a piece, say a three minute bass piece, mm-hmm. I could with some context, you know, with, with some, a little bit of explanation, I could convey the feeling that I have sure. about that word better than with English. Sure. And I believe that many contemporary Christian music artists would agree with you. Yeah. Um, and many love songs sort of have written, been written with that exact same right. idea. So, I mean, I completely understand that. Yeah. Um, I still think that maybe on when you go on dates guys when you ask a girl out just have an app on your phone that plays a c sus chord while you're saying it right so i don't know why i'm addicted to c sus. <laughs> that sounds churchy oh that was like old school churchy there we go we can even put some delay on it if you got that app on I your phone it, too yeah but wait a minute yeah yeah c c sus <laughs> And then resolve. No, no resolve. No, no resolve. No, I resolve. don't resolve things, man. I mean, that's what CSUS like CSUS chords do in church. <laughs> All right. And dominant seven chords. Yeah, there that's go, it. John, just for you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to ask you as a drummer, what are some specific rhythmic things that you do in an improvisation? I try to do things that people don't usually do, which all always messes people up um, <laughs> because everybody does hemiola stuff all the time, all the time. And by hemiola, I mean, for those of you that are slightly musically educated, that are phrases that are built in around threes in duple meters. Or in in groupings of notes that are usually felt in twos. So if you have that's a hemiola, right? And it comes in all shapes and sizes, uh, and that's the most common rhythmic device in um, in music apart from just playing like four on the floor stuff. If you're doing something against, it's either upbeat or you know, upbeat eighth notes, one and two and three and four and, or upbeat 16th notes, one E and a, two E and a, or it's one E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a, one E and a, two E and a. It's only those things. Um, the more you get into just trying to take it out, you have to do things that sound like it's out on purpose, right? right? You have to, if you're trying to jar your listener, you have to have more rhythmic devices than what's common. And so I try to use um, fives a lot in my in my playing, but that that just depends on who I'm playing with. Because if someone doesn't know, Russell actually, 
Russell's really good. Russell Kelly is really good with fives. Yeah. And um, and he's one of the few guys, you do it sometimes too, that if I start playing a five thing, you'll actually play with me. Yeah. And that doesn't happen a lot. You know, some of our other, like some guys in our circle are starting to get hip to that too. Um, but I just try to do that because if you're trying to do lift and you're trying to create tension, the, the last thing that you want to do is do what's common. Right. That's exactly. Sort of, that's, yeah, that's the opposite of tension. That's right. Yeah. So, and I, th- and I think that's what, I think a lot of times people think about tension and release in very, like, academic ways. They think about consonants and dissonance, mm-hmm. right? But consonants can be dissonance if you don't expect it. If you're in a major key, or a minor key, rather, and then you go to a major, and when you don't expect it, that's creating tension. Yeah. It's whatever the opposite of what would be comfortable in that moment. I've noticed another thing, (laughs) probably just because I was off, or I felt like I was off the other night, uh, doing some improvised moments, um, when I would mess up a lot, Mm -hmm. it creates tension. So say like I'm, I've got a groove in my head and I'm trying to play it and I can't get it for four times around, you know, like a 16 bar thing and I can't quite nail this groove. Um, that creates a lot of tension Mm -hmm. and it does for, for me, you know, there's anxiety like, oh shit, I've. (laughs) <laughs> right. I'm sounding terrible right now. I can't get this groove. And then I finally hit it. And it's a big release. And it's usually, uh, you know, something difficult. And so when I finally hit it, it's this big, like, tension and release moment. Right. Um, that I've created just by messing up. Sure. <laughs> um, and that happens a lot with me because I go for things that I can't hit. Right. And, <laughs> um, but I would rather do that than play something boring that I know I can play. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I really do think that. Because being on stage and improvising, I think, is a way... It's almost like having sex in public. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, Because at that point, and this is something that is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, when I talk to artists and musicians, they always talk about the crowd. When I'm improvising with other people, the crowd doesn't matter to me at all. Um, It's about my relationship as it extends musically with the people that I have on stage at that moment. Right. Right? So anytime we enter that space... Like the first thing that has to go is sort of being self-conscious, 
Right. Uh, and I really think that's the only way to get to that space that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, where everything is just kind of flowing, you close your eyes, and everything is just just kind of goes. Yeah. Um, so let's get into that some. So we were playing a gig the other night, John Green and I, and um, uh, with this guitar player, Russell Kelly, that we mentioned. And I've been playing with Russell for probably 20 years or more. Um, we went to middle school together. We were in our first band together. Uh, so we know each other really well, and we've had a lot of musical experiences together. Um, and so pretty much right off from the beginning of this gig, Russ and I are able to get into this uh, this place through improvising. Um, so say we take a tune, a standard pop tune, we're doing like Cake by the Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, which is just four chords, really just one scale throughout the whole thing. Sure. And so with something simple like that, we're able to take it into a place where we kind of abandon all of the everything technical you know all of the theory of music all of the um even the chord changes a lot of times right um and we get to a place where all of that just kind of disappears and what we're playing is solely just happening in the present right and we'll go through different chords different keys you know we'll modulate time signatures sometimes inadvertently um and from this place you know from this kind of abandonment of everything we get into a place where we can create anything. I mean, right. It's like, uh, I feel like we're just starting to get into that with this gig, but um, it's literally infinitely right. possible. I mean, we can do anything with it. Now, my role, I think, as it comes to me in improv is, is uh, I have to do double duty on that because that is a gig. And at that point, I am concerned a little with how we are perceived by the audience. So my thing is I have to be stable enough to and, and open enough to go with whatever's happening. But I have to be conscious of where we are so we can get back to where it started. Because yeah. that, to me, in that moment is sort of, it's really, that's the tension and release thing for me. The release right. is getting back to where we came from. Right. Right. Um, and so I always, I, I fight it sometimes because of that, the urge to be the grounding, I think holds me back from really producing what my maximum potential would be and really using that moment to uh, its advantage. Yeah. But just for the sake of, of clarity and making sure that we get back to there in one piece.
was an excerpt from a show we did with Russell Kelly on guitar and John and I on bass and drums at a place called Carmine's here in Winston-Salem. All right, that's all the time we've got for today on Mr. Haircut. Uh, we will have more from this same conversation on the next episode, along with some more um, live improvised jams and some more excerpt from shows we're playing around town. Um, please check out our website. It's www.mrhaircut.org. You can sign up for our mailing list so you know when uh, when we're releasing new podcasts and also where we'll be playing if you're in the Winston-Salem or North Carolina area, or if you care to make a trip over here. It's uh, lovely. The weather's nice. Leaves on the trees. All the good stuff. Once again, I'm John Ray, and my compatriot and drummer is Jonathan Green. We would like to thank Jason Phelan and Amber Rose Instruments. Uh, Jason built the basses that I play, and they're amazing instruments and allow me to do all kinds of crazy stuff um, and make great sounds. We'd also like to thank John's fiance, Lori, for putting up with us while we make a bunch of noise in the basement. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Mr.